the Yankees have officially made their first moves of the offseason. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Stace, and thanks so much for clicking on the show today, guys. We really appreciate it. We're still five days a week here on Locked On Yankees. We have some news here going on throughout the day. Of course, throughout today's show, there's a coach on the Yankees that might not longer be with the Yankees. That's coming up later on in the show. Of course, it's still Fan Mail Friday. We're going to get to your questions here later on as well. But first, Stacey, the World Series is over, which means teams can start doing stuff. And we've seen teams do stuff already. We saw our first extension already. Max Muncie with the Dodgers gets a two-year extension. That was maybe the quickest I've seen uh, a move happen in baseball in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, but this, the Yankees did make some uh, moves already. Uh, this is coming from multiple sources. I'm taking this directly from MLB Trade Rumors. The Yankees have placed six players on outright waivers, reports Joel Sherman of the New York Post. Starter Domingo Herman, relievers Ryan Weber, Jimmy Cordero, and Matt Bowman, and outfielders Franchi Cordero and Billy McKinney were let go. All six players have the requisite service time to become free agents if they go unclaimed. Stacy, your reaction mostly to this Domingo Herman news? Um, I, I don't. All right, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised, but I sort of am. I'm kind of glad that they were just like, okay, we have to do this. It's just for it's better for the team if we do this. So, um, you know, I was kind of shocked. Um, but like you said, you know, it's the first day of the offseason officially. I know I've been accidentally saying it's the offseason because it's been for us and the Yankees. But I'm just I'm actually surprised by this. I'm actually surprised. I'm surprised they did this, but it's good that they did this. They needed to because. I feel bad for his personal issues, but he's had too many of them. And it's just, he needs to get help and then maybe go somewhere else. Yeah. We clearly know that he is, uh, to, to all knowledge, still in rehab uh, and going through all that stuff. And we have wished him nothing but the best. And we hope that uh, he can come out on the bright end of these things uh, from mm -hmm. a personal standpoint. That's, that's all we could ever hope for. Um, but yeah, I mean, this would have been the last year it didn't seem like he was going to be around. Like at least in my head, it didn't feel like he was going to be around in 2024 anyway. So no. it felt like his Yankees career was already pretty much done. I mean, there was maybe a chance at playing later on in the year. I don't know. Like rehab is tricky, man. Like it's, it's not like this simple thing that you just go and do and then you come back. So, um, you know, again, we wish nothing but the best for him and, uh, and, and hope he can come out on the, on the brighter side of things, but yeah, it's not the most shocking of news. Right. Um, we now know an answer to a question we asked a month ago, which, yes, you can do this to a player who is on the restricted list. So we now know that, uh, that there was some weird uh, language surrounding that. We didn't know what they could and couldn't do when it comes to a player on the restricted list. So now we know that. Uh, but, of course, there were other moves, Stacy with Weber, Cordero, Bowman, uh, Cordero, uh, Franchi Cordero, and Billy McKinney. Kind of, uh, I understand Ryan Weber. I understand 
Jimmy Cordero, obviously he pitched well, but same issues, same type of <laughs> issues. Uh, Matt Bowman, that made a lot of sense. Um, but more so, Stacy on the on the outfielder side of things, we had talked about this in our one of our first offseason episodes about which players would be returning. I know a lot of people watched that one, but um, we kind of understand where they're going a little bit now as far as the outfield is concerned. It looks like they do want to make some sort of play for an outfielder just by looking at this because they could have easily held on to Franchi Cordero and they could have easily held on to Billy McKinney. Uh, they didn't. Mm -hmm. We knew that they were likely going to try and keep at least one of them, uh, max two. It didn't seem like all three, and it looked like they went with Jake Bowers. Right. Yeah, this is an interesting um, move here. Uh, wasn't surprised about Weber because they always seem to do that with Weber, and then he always seems to come back, and he had the injury. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, he he could possibly be back. Um, the Cordero thing, Jimmy, same as Herman, just cut ties there you know, had to do that. But yeah, the outfield thing kind of surprises me. I'm slightly surprised about McKinney, not as surprised about Franchi, but more surprised about McKinney. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you because it felt like Franchi was the odd man out there and you're thinking that it was down to be, uh, McKinney and Bowers. And if I had to venture a guess here, it's probably because Bowers can play multiple positions. That's it. Yeah, He can also play first base because you don't know what Anthony Rizzo is going to be obviously Bowers is going to go into arbitration. So that's still to come. This doesn't just because they didn't outright these players from the get go doesn't mean that they will be a Yankee next year, right. but it kind of, you know, foresees the future. Um, Albert Abreu also not on this list, which was, uh, you know, kind of a, a coin toss for me. Um, and there was some rumors about, uh, you know, the catching situation is, are they going to go with Wells and Wart vet or are they going to go some sort of combination, but also, Higashioka and Trevino not on this outright list. So yeah, they were seeing some telltale signs of where the Yankees front office is at. Is at. Yeah. Cause I'd seen um, when I was Googling stuff for the Yankees just to find anything before this had come out. And I saw, you know, the rumors of, you know, the Yankees could possibly let this former all-star go. And I'm like, yeah. Trevino. <laughs> yeah. I saw that article too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was obviously the, there's some light rumors there. Nothing set in stone. Take it with a grain of salt. It's that time um, of year. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> but it is that time of year. But I mean, we obviously knew that there was, you know, that possibility. I mean, again, that's not gone. That possibility is not gone. They still don't have technically have a contract. They have to go through arbitration. They have to do all that stuff. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they still lean in a different direction when it comes to catching. Um, I don't know if they're going to get that aggressive with that position. Obviously, Rortvet uh, has not shown the bat at the major league level uh, that you would like. Austin Wells, that's just a drop in the pan. <clears throat> Excuse me, a drop in the pan at this point. So it's still very, very murky behind the plate. Yeah, I feel like the only thing Rortvet has going for him is that Cole likes working with him. And when yeah. your ace likes working with a catcher, it doesn't matter if he doesn't get a hit the entire year. If if your yeah. if your ace is happy with how he's calling the game and they're performing together as a tandem, he kind of has an yeah. upper hand there. Yeah. So we finally got our first news. There it is. The first real player news. Yes, we know there was some lighter stuff with Sean Casey. <laughs> this is like player personnel. Boom. Uh, I mean, I was I was happy about it when I saw it because I thought, oh. <sighs> We finally have news we can talk we about. It. We made we it made to it. this. We made it to the like actual off season. There's going to be more news. It's not going to be major yet. We all know that because we know how the off season goes, especially with free agency. The last 
five, six, seven years where, you know, you don't see the big signings till almost spring training. It's not like it used to be where big guys would sign in December. Last year was slightly different, but the years before that, you know, waiting for like Harper, Machado and those guys. And it was just like, give us something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let us know how you're feeling about these outright moves. Of course, uh, I'll leave in the episode description, the link to the article. If you want to read further, that's again from MLB trade rumors who, if you don't know MLB trade rumors, Get used to them because that's what you're going to be reading here for the next couple of months. Uh, of course, it's our Fan Mail Friday episode, which, of course, our Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club gets priority for. We're going to answer those questions when we come back in just a second. Of course, again, the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club, 14-day free trial in the episode description if you click in there. Of course, you get one-on-one text messages with Stacy and myself. You're going to get the news sent to you there as well as a bunch of other really cool perks. Check it out here today. All right, let's answer some questions when we come back. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now is the perfect time to join if you're new, because new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 right away if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel but have been hesitant for whatever reason, this is your sign. This is the absolute best time to jump on board. The app is super easy to use, and of course, FanDuel gives you all the tools to score big, like spreads player props, over-unders, and a ton more. This weekend, the Giants are out in Vegas taking on the Raiders, while the Jets are on Monday Night Football taking on the Chargers, so it's the perfect time. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Back here on Lockdown Yankees, Stacy for the everydayers out there. Coming up next week on the show, what can the Yankees learn from the Arizona Diamondbacks? We just did what can the Yankees learn from the Texas Rangers after they won the World Series. So we're going to follow up and go with the runner-up. That's coming up next week. So make sure to hit subscribe and you won't miss it. Stacey, we got a couple of questions here today. It's Fan Mail Friday, as it always is here on Lockdown Yankees. And as always, we start with our Lockdown Yankees insiders. So let's go ahead and start with them now. Stacey, our first one's coming from Kyle. Question for Friday. Do you think there is room for another owner-manager like the boss, George? Your thoughts on Kyle's question. My, well, my, I have a question about Kyle's question. Does he mean... George being like a meddling owner because he never really was an owner manager. Thank God, because my God, the Yankees would have been really in a pickle if that were the case. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I kind of like how Hal doesn't meddle too much, but I've said this before. I kind of wish Hal was more like his brother, Hank, a little more where he was a little crazy, just a little crazy with the business sense that Hal has, you know, he's a little too passive for me, but he's not, you know, like, George was, if you're not watching on YouTube, my hand is high. George is up here. Hal is way down here. And Hank was kind of just below his father. If you could have gotten something in the middle between Hank and Hal, that would have been the perfect Yankee owner. <laughs> gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, if if we're leaning in that direction, uh, understanding this question correctly, of mm-hmm. them, you know, whatever owner being more hands-on, more involved, that is a very, very, very slippery slope. That is a very thin line that you are trying to cross. I've said this a thousand times on the show, Stacey. Look at Anaheim. That owner is all over it. Every mm. single decision goes through him. And you look at how well that. that's gone. 
you don't <laughs> want that. You do not want an overbearing owner. Uh, obviously, you don't want an overbearing owner when they're wrong. Right. You want an overbearing owner when they're right. Kinda, but even still, slippery slope, man. I, I don't I think. When does wanna, that actually uh, ever happen? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think you want to touch that, man. It's just not <laughs> worth it. It's just not worth it. Uh, thank you, Kyle, for your question. We have another one coming from our Lockdown Yankees insider, Betty. What would you think of Edgar Martinez as the new hitting coach, Stasky? Ooh, Martinez, oh my Yankees God. hitting coach. Obviously, we're just. This is not. Doesn't yeah. have any credence. There is no rumor. There's nothing no. of that. Sort it's that's just, pointing to this being a it's real like thing. It's like me talking. It's like idea. me talking about Barry Bonds being their hitting coach. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Or, or people going a rod for hitting coach. We're not yeah. touching that with the ten foot pole. You know my thoughts on that. Mm -mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean Edgar Martinez doesn't have any coaching experience. That doesn't mean he couldn't because Sean right. Casey didn't have any, um, and you don't have any until you have it. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Edgar Martinez is one of the greatest hitters uh, of the '90s until now. So of he, course he used to that lineup. I was talking to David Cohn about this when he was on the show nearly three years ago now. I said, how scary was it for you to face teams like Seattle and Cleveland and Texas that had all these guys? And he had mentioned Martinez as a specific guy that they were all like, Ugh. every time he stepped into the box, it was like, oh, my God. Ugh. And yeah. I was at Dwight Gooden's no hitter when he somehow shut down that lineup. And every time Edgar came up, I looked at my dad. I'm like, this is when it's going to end, right? <laughs> and it just never did. But that would be an interesting, like you said, you know, and I, I know a lot of people have problems with people who are first-time coaches, but you have to have a first time to become a coach. And, you know, I don't know if the Yankees would be the good idea for Edgar to become a hitting coach. Like, that would be like throwing someone into a fire. But as for his hitting, hell, if he could get people to hit like him, yes, make him a hitting coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, remember, Mo also touted how how scary it was to face Edgar Martinez. So, oh yeah, <laughs> not an easy task. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, hey, Ken Griffey Jr. did a pretty good job in the uh, World Baseball Classic for Team USA, and he didn't have any experience. Mm -hmm. Just throwing that out there. Thank you, Betty, for your question, and thank you to the Lockdown Yankees insiders for being a part of it. Of course, check out the episode description if you want guaranteed answers to your question, either on the show or in text form. Um, okay, let's jump on over to our YouTubers now, Stace. We've got a couple here today. This one coming from Vincent M. Durham, 1695. What are your thoughts on the new balanced schedule? Keep up the great work, Stacey and Steve. Stace, I know you kind of like this. I, I feel like you kind of like this. I did. I did. I didn't like the way the season ended because it seemed strange to me. The Like some of the trips were odd. And I think it's going to take like a season or two or three for the schedule makers to get their footing because there's so many, you know, it was already rough making those schedules because you don't know what stadiums are going to have soccer games, which stadiums are going to have concerts, like things that are happening and you have to figure out so many things. And when you have all the teams going to all the ballparks, I can't even imagine what it's like making the schedule, but I loved it because I'm sick of seeing the Rays and the Jays and the Red Sox. Um, not so much the Orioles, but that many times a year, like 19 times a year, it's too much. 13. Perfect. And seeing teams we don't normally see, like we had some results that weren't good, but it was cool seeing them play the Marlins and the Rockies and people like that. So I like it. I do. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I echo your sentiment. It's nice to see a change of pace. It's nice to see the boys in a different ballpark. Um, yeah. And it's fans. I think it's a great opportunity for fans because you otherwise wouldn't get to watch Aaron Judge uh, in Colorado. She wouldn't get that chance. So it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. 
Um, thank you, Vincent, for your question. Our last one today is coming from Let's Go Yanks. Really enjoyed this postseason. It was very exciting. I don't know if it was the rule changes or just overall matchups and play. My question is this. Is Cashman right? Are the playoffs just a crapshoot? Braves, Dodgers, Houston out in the World Series. We had both teams with a bullpen day. Has that <laughs> ever happened before? Um, I don't know if it's ever officially happened where they straight up say it's a bullpen day, but they right. turn into bullpen days. That's for, for sure. sure. That's happened before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. Um, but is Cash- Cashman right, Stace? Is, are the playoffs a crapshoot? I feel like they always are, though, because the best team doesn't always win. It usually they- doesn't. Because if they did, it would be so boring and we just would have known, you know what I mean? Like uh, I brought it up the other day with a friend. We were talking about this whole because people are just freaking out about the whole um, setup of the playoffs now and the best teams don't make it far and this and that and blah, blah. I said, there are a lot of times where the teams that you think are the best ones are getting knocked out in the divisional round. Like that's been happening since the wild card came into play 20, almost 30 years ago at this point. So yes, it's a crapshoot. It's always been a crapshoot. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how to fix it because can you fix it? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't and, know. And, and should you? And should you fix right. it? I don't think so. No, because it's it's. I think it's more exciting when you have teams that you don't expect in the World Series. Like, that's why, I mean, I know people didn't watch this World Series and I know the ratings were low and people were complaining about it, but it's kind of fun when the teams you don't expect because it's boring after a while to see no offense to Houston, but you know, seeing them in seven ALCSs in a row, it, it get it gets kind of boring and you want someone else to go into the world series. And Houston also showed you that it's not that easy to win the world series because they were in the ALCS seven times. They made the world series a few times and they didn't win every time. Yeah. It's yeah. The answer. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for uh, all your questions here today. We really love Fan Mail Fridays, of course. Monday through Thursday on Lockdown Yankees. You can always reply to the pinned comment on our YouTube side to submit a Fan Mail Friday question for absolute free, zero free, or zero dollars down, uh, <laughs> free 99, all that stuff. Of course, you can also join Subtext, a.k.a. the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club. Check it out in the episode description to guarantee answers to your questions. All right, some coaching news, some interviewing news. That's coming up next. Some news breaking out-ish uh, over the offseason a little bit here that's kind of flown under the radar. Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza has been interviewing for other managerial positions. Uh, he has already interviewed for the Mets. He has interviewed for the Cleveland Guardians. Um, this is not the first time he has interviewed for big league managerial jobs. Last season, he interviewed for the Chicago White Sox. A couple of years ago, he interviewed for the Red Sox. And the Tigers. Um, so it may be looking like we may be losing a coach here sooner rather than later in Yankee land. Yeah, I didn't even know about the Guardians. I knew about the Mets only because I uh, saw something on Twitter about it and thought, oh, yeah, Carlos Mendoza. And um, I did not know what Carlos Mendoza looked like, I found out, because he looked completely different in the picture that I saw. I was picture, I don't know who I was picturing, but I thought to myself, oh, that's Carlos Mendoza. Okay. I had no idea. You know, I swear I have face blindness when it comes to baseball players and coaches sometimes. And it's the strangest thing. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, clearly if Carlos Mendoza leaves, uh, that is another hole. The Yankees would have to fill. They currently have to fill at least one 
position in the coaching staff that of course being Sean Casey here this off season, uh, there are possibilities that they would have to fill other ones. I'll get to those in just a little bit, but of course, Stacey, like this off season, a lot of managerial vacancies. We've already seen one get fill, filled in San Francisco, which, of course, as we know, opened another one. I'm talking about the Padres losing Bob Melvin. Uh, the Angels are looking for a manager. So are the Astros. Mentioned the Guardians and the Mets. So right now, as it stands, there are five managerial openings in Major League Baseball. And, of course, with guys shuffling around, you know that Craig Council's interviewing for stuff, and, like, that could open a Milwaukee one. Like, there are a lot. Like, this feels like there are a lot of managerial openings this season. Yeah, it's it's going to be a revolving door of managers. You have uh, Dusty Baker's retiring. Um, who knows what's going on with Buck Showalter, if he even wants to try again after his time with the Mets. Um, so, yeah, this could be a really interesting offseason to see where these guys go, see if anyone within those organizations are elevated into the managerial job, because, you know, that's a possibility as well, that they can hire from within and you see someone else from the organization become manager. Yeah. And just so you're aware to those at home watching or listening, what does a bench coach actually do? Um, Hmm. Like, you know, obviously the manager is the first and foremost of everything. The, the head coach, the, uh, the pitching coach, you know, the hitting coach, you understand what they do, but a bench coach is, is pretty much like an auxiliary role that kind of roves. It depends organization to organization on what their actual duties are. Um, sometimes you'll see bench coaches also being the infield instructor or the base running coach. Like there are things that bench coaches typically have in addition to their in-game duties. Um, so a lot of times a bench coach in-game is obviously helping make uh, decisions. Like you're essentially the the manager's right-hand man. Um, so Carlos Mendoza has been there, done that. He's been with Boone this whole time. He's been in the organization since 2009, back when he was with the Charleston River Dogs. So he's been uh, a Yankee for a while at this point um, and is one of the most seniored members of the Yankees coaching slash, slash front office, weird, weirdly enough. So, you know, he's been there for the Yankees and he's been there in these job interviews. So it doesn't seem uh, super out of the question that he might not be with the Yankees next season. Yeah. And it would be a bummer, but good for him. Bummer for us. Good for him. Cause that's quite an yeah. opportunity. And like you said, he's tried for other jobs um, recently and he's been with the Yankees such a long time that it would be nice for him personally to go up one more position, become manager and lead a team. And I think, I don't know. I feel like it, it'd be better if he went to the guardians in a way, because <laughs> The whole Yankee Met thing, I don't know. It just it feels kind of strange. But you know he's probably going to the Mets, right? Now that I said that, <laughs> <laughs> just because you said that, I mean, uh-huh. look, like I said, there are p- multiple openings that could mean more things than we already know. That mean who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's got more lined up at this point. Uh, we have seen some of the names that have been tossed around for like the Padres and stuff. We obviously know Melvin's gone to San Francisco, so there are uh, there are multiple positions that. He very much could be in the running. We don't know that. But I did want to take this opportunity, Stacey, to kind of talk about the state of the Yankees coaching staff heading into 2024. Like I said, we know Sean Casey's out. This news, meaning Carlos Mendoza, is at least entertaining the thought of being out because, of course, to move up, you would. Everybody would. That's how that works. Um, but alongside these, uh, the one guaranteed and one potential, I mean, Casey Dykes and Brad Wilkerson are not uh, guaranteed. You could right. see uh, both those assistant hitting coaches also leave because of a new hitting coach going to be coming in at this point. 
Right. That's going to be the thing to watch out for, to see if the Yankees just insert a new hitting coach there and keep them, or if they just do away with those two as well, because Casey's not coming back and just kind of revamp things. Um, when do we start getting assistant hitting coaches that many? Like, when did the coaching staff start to, because I feel like oh. there are more assistants than there used to be. <laughs> there are. There are a significant right? okay. amount more of coaches, I would say, within the last five plus years. Okay, uh, so it's... Yeah, I mean, obviously, major league staffs have always been bigger. Uh, mm -hmm. Minor league staffs are also starting to get a lot bigger. You're also starting to see a lot more organizational coaches uh, recently right. that kind of bounce around. They'll go make a stop in double A. They'll go to triple A for a week. You know, they kind of do that uh, a lot more now, too. I mean, not that that didn't happen before, but you're seeing more roving instructor. That that phrase has kind of uh, gotten more popular. Uh, but yeah, to your point, I mean, three hitting coaches, I know there's going to be people thinking like, and you couldn't hit, but <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, I mean, you might, obviously you didn't see Dykes and Wilkerson leave after uh, the firing. Uh, they, it didn't make much sense at that point to try and find an entire new staff to figure out your hitting stuff mid season. I get uh, just getting rid of one and inserting another, but here you kind of have a cleaner slate and mm -hmm. you know, that's up to your general manager, uh, your, your, um, your owner obviously has some input on that as well, but it's really kind of more of a GM and head coach manager that kind of filters in those things. Obviously that's their staffs and they want to teach their way of baseball. So you're going to see them have a lot more input uh, than say how. Yeah. It's just, it's just funny to me because I was looking at the list and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I don't remember there being two assistant hitting coaches a few years back and assistant pitching coach and all these other things. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. like, when did this, it's almost, it's almost the same as me discovering the sweeper and thinking I had missed something <laughs> and that people were talking about it for a couple of years. And I'm like, I've been hosting the show for a while and I should know what a sweeper is. And when you told me, Oh no, it's, they're just they starting just to call it. <laughs> I'm like, thank goodness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not used to that one. I'm still, I'm still saying sweeping slider. <laughs> Yeah, it's still where I'm at. Um, <laughs> as far as the rest of the coaching staff stays, it doesn't feel like unless they get better positions elsewhere, it doesn't feel like too many are leaving. It doesn't feel like a gut and a re refresh for all the coaching staff. Like Matt Blake seems like he would be returning. I think he did a good enough job here this season trying to handle what he had. Um, obviously, they couldn't figure out the Luis Severino stuff. Um, but, you know, the handling of Clark Schmidt was obviously great. Um, moving King from a reliever to a starter went very, very well. So I don't see yeah. Matt Blake leaving anytime soon. Um, same for the the base coaches, Travis Chapman, Luis Rojas, unless they get better positions. Um, Mike Harkey in the bullpen. I mean, <laughs> what more can you say? He's... One of the top bullpens in the league. So, yeah, there, there are guys that forever. <laughs> yeah, like you don't I don't see a, a total teardown. You typically will see a total teardown when you get a new manager. Now, did you know that Mike Harkey for uh, Players Weekend? Was it what year was it? Twenty nineteen? He had not CC or 2018, not CC on his back because people would confuse him with CC Sabathia because they're both so big. Well, they wouldn't have had that issue on Halloween because that no. was not a problem. Not knowing <laughs> who CC was. Awesome. Awesome <laughs> costume. Um, but let us know how you're feeling about this here. I know this is some s slower minor news at this point right now, but of course a bench coach does have a lot of say, has a lot of input. So yes, it's not Aaron Boone that is leaving the Yankees. I get that. And of course, Carlos Mendoza is also not leaving yet. We just know he's interviewed for a couple of positions. Uh, but 
the likelihood and the possibility is definitely still there. Let us know how you're feeling about everything here today uh, that we talked about on the show. Of course, we had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today, and we actually didn't even get to everything we wanted to. Uh, so uh, make sure to hit subscribe to hang out with us next week. Stacy, what's coming up on the show next week? So Monday, we're starting off with what can the Yankees learn from the Diamondbacks, who were the runners-up in the World Series? Um, I'll tell you one thing. Play the young guys because they're a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to be talking about that. Just like we did the uh, What Can the Yankees Learn from the Rangers episode yesterday on Thursday. We're going to be doing the same thing for the Diamondbacks. So a full breakdown of their ro roster, the front office strategy, uh, and just kind of the timeline and how they play. That's coming up. Uh, so make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss that. And of course, join the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club. We've been plugging that like crazy today. We love our insiders and we love that you guys help support the show. Uh, but that's just going to about do it for another week of Lockdown Yankees. I'm Steve Grinnell. And I'm Stacey Gatsoulias. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs>